Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And uh, we are right now in uh, Baptist Church thinking about Baptist problems that may or may not be only Baptist problems. And we're, we're thinking also solutions. So Stan, today we're going to carry on a conversation we started last week about, about church polity. Uh, elders are a relatively new thing in Baptist churches. Uh, question is, what do you do with the deacons? Let's not go there for now, but let's go in this direction. Uh, churches that are larger tend to have full-time staff who are not elders for whatever reason. Uh, some are female, some are male, some are full-time, uh, some are called pastors, but they're still not elders. So it just seems to me that there's some loose ends when we talk about a tight polity because uh, as Baptist churches, it's one of our tenets that we have two offices, uh, deacon and the other one. Right. <laughs> so what, what's going on there? Yeah, as you say, uh, Baptist confessions of faith have, have tended to include an affirmation of two offices. The older ones uh, tended to use terms uh, like elder and overseer to describe the one and deacons the other. Uh, our denominational statement of faith says pastors and deacons. So the, the assumption has been Pastor equals elder equals overseer. But as we talked about last time, the the problem there is that the noun pastor just isn't used in the New Testament in quite the way that we use it now. Mm-hmm. We talked about the fact that I, I think a passage like 1 Timothy 5 recognizes some of the elders uh, may well be set apart to serve vocationally. And so our our rhetoric, our, our descriptor now is pastor for those persons. So it is true that all elders pastor or shepherd. That's what elders do according to New Testament language. That's not the same as saying um, all who do pastoring in some way are elders. Elders teach as well according to the New Testament, but that doesn't mean that everyone who teaches in the church is an elder. So as you say, we so we have staff members, some of whom are called pastor, but but functionally they don't meet when the elders meet. Now in our in our arrangement, as I think is the common one in our tribe, you as lead pastor are functionally one of the elders. So when the elders meet, you meet. When an email goes to the elders at GrandviewChurch.ca, goes to you. You don't vote, uh, but that's that's just deferring to legal precedents in Ontario. Apparently, some do it, some do vote, but generally the assumption has been that the precedents say say you don't if you get paid by the church. But it's worth asking what about what about some others who serve as pastors, who we really would like to include functionally among the elders. I don't see why we couldn't do that. Now, one of the challenges there, and this has come up, I think, when we've talked about it before, is you as the lead pastor oversee the work of the ministry staff generally. So if if another member of the ministry staff becomes an elder along with you, 
then how does that work? Does that, does that somehow play havoc with the idea that he is subordinate to you in the structure of the ministry staff? I know that's the problem. Uh, and some of the elders have said, uh, for that very reason, they don't want staff there because um, they, they want to be able to talk about staff performance evaluation and that kind of thing, which is a kind of a corporate idea, and I'm uncomfortable with that, but I get it. Uh, I think another question is if, if I'm a leader of my team, and maybe I need to ask myself how am I leading, but if I'm a leader of my team, uh, worst case scenario, uh, the team resists or doesn't cooperate with me, and if they're on the elders' board, they've got a chance to do an end run. I mean, everything I, I've, I can imagine has actually happened before, which is why we impose these structures that uh, militate against that. But I do think, in principle, uh, we are on the same team. And the staff members here at Grandview who are pastors, um, they, they're called. They're, they love the flock. Uh, everything that you want in an elder, they have. And some of them, they're ordained. So they need to feel like they have um, leadership in the church, that they are highly regarded. And, and it's hard to do that when they don't attend those meetings. Uh, I try to communicate to them. I think it's working for us, but if I were in their position, I'd be very sensitive to um, the hireling mentality. Is that all I am here? Uh, We just need to be sensitive to that. Yes, we do. And um, I, I think there's a place for us to step back and take a fresh look at all of this. I mean, it, as you say, there there would be there would be some challenges if let's let's say let's say there were two of our associate pastors who whom we whom we recognized functionally as elders along with you, and so the three of you came to the elders' meetings. Well, then then they, you, the rest of us, we would all be involved in in discussing the parameters by which we govern the church. We would all be involved in discussing policies related to governance. And and then in a plurality of eldership context, all of us, all the, the elders are accountable to the elders as a body. Now that would mean that those other two pastors would have a voice in the discussion just like you. I, but I can imagine it working in that Let's say we had then, let's say there were seven of us non-vocational elders, three of you vocational elders, the ten of us together would come to agreement, to consensus on decisions, and we would agree, okay, those are the parameters within which we will serve. Now, those of you whom we've set aside to serve vocationally, you have a special task of making that happen, in the process of making that happen, you're the leader of the team. I, th- I think that could, I don't see why that couldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe a part of dealing with the sensitivity of staff members is, is if we would invite them individually to come into an occasional elders meeting, just to talk a bit about the shape of their ministry and how it's going and, and we understand it. Now that's, that's not the same as naming them mm-hmm. as elders. But I, I do know of some Baptist churches that have named 
more than one vocational pastor as functionally one of the elders. I think it could work. When I first came to Grandview, um, we had annual summits, and all the staff, not just the associate pastors, but all of our staff, uh, would be present for the 30,000-foot conversations where we headed, and we would pray together. And uh, those meetings uh, did a lot to establish our unity, especially in my early days here in ministry, and uh, it was just a good experience. And sure. I think if, uh, I'm not saying we need to do that for every decision, but at the very least, we need to think about how do these paid elders, that's what we're calling them, how do they really be elders, and can they be on a fairly regular basis part of um, these paradigm conversations that are going on? I don't think they want to be. Sometimes I don't want to be at an elders meeting because there's <laughs> stuff discussed that it's just not my wheelbase but or wheelhouse i think that's the expression um but i'm i'm glad that i'm i've got a seat there i belong there but i think there are conversations that our associate pastors could inform well i think so um so that that may be something we need to think about and i think it it just points out the fact that um on the ministry staff of a church, those, who, those whom we, we feel we need to set aside for vocational service in some way, some of them are, are set apart for tasks that would be called pastor-teacher tasks of, of el- being an elder. Other tasks may not be that. Other tasks may may be uh, much more, they may more, be more administrative. Yeah. They may be the, the kind of thing you would expect a deacon to do. They're, they're dealing with practical realities, but they, they aren't about defining the faith and practice of the church in the same way that some of the ministries right, staff Right, like our finance are. administrator. Right, right, like a finance administrator. I think you might, uh, I would say, in a church, if, if you appoint someone to a full-time ministry of music and worship leadership, you may need to think that one through and ask, mm-hmm. okay, is, is this person simply carrying out in a practical way mm-hmm. the vision of the elders? And, yeah, the elders, whether vocational or non-vocational, or, or are they really functioning mm-hmm. in an elder, elder way? Mm-hmm. And different churches at different times might, might define that role differently. So there's a lot there to think about. Now, I, I mentioned the word deacons. That of, that, of course, raises another question. In a Baptist church that's now moved into a plurality of eldership, where do the deacons fit in? I think one of the problems we've, we've often had is Traditionally, before we went to plurality of elders, we had a deacon's board because they, with the pastor, were, in fact, a governing group, mm-hmm. leading group in the church. If, if we say, no, it's elders who govern, I think we're probably wise not to have a deacon's board, not to use that terminology. We appoint deacons according to the practical needs of the time and place, and and they serve in their individual way. They they may meet occasionally to talk about what's happening, but they're not a board. Would you say that's an office? Because 
it seems to me that churches like ours don't even use that term anymore. We just basically say anyone who is serving in something that looks like what the Bible describes as uh, deacons work, whether we call them that or not, they're deacons. Yeah, I, I've said before here, we, we may need to stop and take a fresh look at all of that and ask, of all the people we have who are officially appointed to serve in particular kinds of ministries or administrative support, are, are, are they what we would want to call deacons? So do they have to meet the deacon criteria, First mm-hmm. Timothy 3? Um, that's worth thinking about. I, I mean, there's, there's no text that says in so many words, now this is what deacons do in quite the same way that there is right. for elders. And I think we, we need to recognize that. We definitely, I would say, do not want to go in the direction that some Baptist churches have gone in which they say, all right, we have a board of elders who are the spiritual leaders of mm-hmm. overseers of the church. And then we have a board of deacons who are the directors of the church as corporation. If you incorporate the church, those whom you call the directors are the authorities. Yeah. And I still remember when we went through incorporation here a little over 20 years ago, we were given a template by a Baptist lawyer for a Baptist church incorporation, and, and it had a deacon's board who were the directors. And then you had church elders as a distinct group. And when we looked at that, we said, Asking for trouble. We said, no way. Yeah. Cannot be that. Okay, I have, last question. Can paid staff members who serve the church, who organize church, administrate the church, maybe they're in the office uh, running programs, is there a way that we can regard those positions as deacons? I think so. It seems to me that that makes sense. I mean, and if you regard Act 6 as the, as the origin of the office of deacon, it was frankly a very pragmatic, functional matter. We have a need here. Mm-hmm. We need to appoint people of, of high quality to, uh, to serve in this way. If we have practical needs for which we need to appoint people formally Authorize them. to serve us, even vocationally, yeah. if, they aren't, if it's not an elder ministry in biblical terms, it looks like a diaconal ministry. Maybe we should just call them that. Well, we'll leave on that note. Uh, this has been a good conversation. It's very relevant for us. And uh, I trust as you're listening to this, God will lead you as to how you can roll it out. Until then, I'm Bob McGregor. I'm Stan Fowler. And thanks for listening. Keep on thinking.